Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Brendan Kilcoyne wishing you a very happy Christmas 2020 from Athenry, County Galway. Merry Christmas. A genuinely Merry Christmas in the Chestertonian sense. Merry with God. There's a saying uh, among embittered football fans, many of them from Mayo, I suspect, a bitter comment that might be made about a favourite player who had done very badly in a match. My baby brother could play better. It's one of the ultimate put-downs. I suppose a child, you know, weak, small, absolute vulnerability, ultimate vulnerability. My baby brother could play better. I don't know if you came across a film made some years ago, uh, not that long ago, by Rupert Wyatt, screenplay by William Monaghan, The Gambler, starring Mark Wahlberg. Not a bad film, not particularly great either, but not a bad film. And it's basically centred on the story of a, a young uh, college professor, lecturer, who has a secret gambling addiction. And he's actually a superb gambler, he's a very good gambler, but he plays for terrifying stakes. And he has lost two and a half million dollars gambling. And finally, in desperation to win, to get a stake to win the money back, he goes to a terrifying gangster and loan shark called Frank, played by the inimitable John Goodman. You can easily uh, Google this, but John Goodman comes out in the course of it with, with probably one of the most quotable short speeches, a short monologue on the subject just of how you should manage money. I'm quoting loosely now here. He says to him, how much do you lose? Your man says two and a half million. He said, you're two and a half million up. He said, any clown in the world knows what you do. You get a house with a, with a 25-year roof. You buy an economy, Jap, crate. You invest the rest of the money at 3 to 4% and you use it to pay your taxes. And he said, that's your castle. That's your fortress of blanking solitude. Your boss doesn't like you. Your boss is giving you grief. You don't like your job. Blank you. Out of it. You walk. On your bike. Clear off. Don't bother me. That's your castle keep is that money that you've invested out of which you pay your taxes. He says, if I could give anyone advice about money, this is the loan shark and gangster who has told him that he'll kill his whole family if he doesn't pay him the money back. If he does lend it to him and he doesn't pay back, he will kill not only him but everyone belonging to him. And he said, if you commit suicide, I want you to know that I will systematically kill everyone related to you and all your friends. So that's the kind of man you're dealing with. And he's saying, what advice would I give to anybody regarding money? Work hard, have some money in the bank, don't drink. The position of blank you. That's what he calls it. And he says, America had a fantastic position and lost it forever. I suppose he's talking about American isolationism versus engagement in the world. We all long for a safe place for a position of to hell with you. We long for it. I mean, here in Nathan Rye, we have King John's Castle built in the 13th century, added to later in the 14th century. Norman Castle with walls, a keep, a banqueting hall. 
and yet they were never safe. Maynooth Castle was one of the greatest Norman castles in the country until it was defeated by the first use of cannon in Ireland by, I think it was Skeffington, against the walls of Maynooth. Castles were an incredibly expensive, incredibly skilled in the building, beautifully made. I'm talking about the Norman castles now, aimed at a position of to hell with you. You don't like it on your back. Clear off. Literally, as Goodman says, F you. And before castles, we had the, you know, the earthworks, the, the stone circles of our Bronze Age ancestors, and so on. I remember one particular group of students in the school I taught in years ago were into a particular kind of music, and they used to dress differently from the rest of the school. I think they, wore, they tended to wear army combat jackets, and they had long hair, and they, they sort of hung out together. But they would always choose corners or places with some sort of a vantage point and with something solid behind them. I, I don't think they even knew they were doing that. I doubt if they even knew they were doing it. William Foote White, the highly respected American uh, sociologist, wrote a famous book called Street Corner Society, which was based on the way gangs used to meet at street corners in, the, in North Boston. I think it was in the Italian area. Again, at corners, you know, where you can see, from a, you can see in a number of different directions and you, you have something behind you. Right near me, at home, where I come from, is a stone circle. It's looking down on the sea and it's in direct visual contact in a line with another one three or four miles away, again looking down on the sea. Because, of course, if trouble was to come, it would probably come from the sea. We're talking about medieval times. There were no roads to speak of in Ireland. There were still a lot of forests. Land travel was dangerous. People tended to move much more quickly on the water, on the rivers, on the lakes, on the sea hugging the shore, moving along, hugging the shore, as, as indeed did the Vikings. And so we construct castles with a good vantage point. Our great aim in life is financial security. You save, you save, you save, yet look at what happened to a lot of people's savings in the great crash in, in 2008. Nothing ultimately is guaranteed. The great Norman castles are crumbling all over these islands, all over Europe. The magnificent castles. That was the apex of castle building before the invention of cannon, which really uh, made it somewhat less profitable to build castles. It's, it's in our DNA, this aim for security, and yet we are constantly defeated. Martin Luther penned uh, that remarkable hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God a bulwark never failing. And it certainly would have appealed to Luther, the great fleshy man, that great earthy man. You know, the, the idea of the fortress of the bricks and stone and block, the high walls. God is a fortress. And God is our fortress. And furthermore, let me put it this way, our search for safety is nonsense. It's not like the appendix, a piece of our body which doesn't really have any real function anymore but is always a potential danger. Our search for safety indeed can lead us into danger. It can make you paranoid. 
but our search for safety is nonsense. There are real dangers. There are terrors in the night. Franz Kafka has a wonderful short story called The Burrow, in which an unnamed and unspecified under, underground creature develops a burrow to hide himself and to have some safety from his enemies. And then he needs to develop a few more corridors and a few more chambers in, or, in order to give himself places of retreat. And then it becomes more and more complicated, all sorts of false cul-de-sacs and false starts and blind alleys to confuse an invader into his burrow. And by the end of it, he has created an absolutely incredible network of corridors and chambers and all sorts of tricks and is still afraid. Our, our search for safety, there are things out there which will eat you. I found it interesting that one of the, you know, one of the things in the series Game of Thrones, which is based on the novels by that unquestionable, to my mind, genius, George R.R. R. Martin. And you should read the novels. I, I recommend the novels. They're very, very, very well written. Uh, I don't know that he's a modern Tolkien, but he's a certainly very good stab at it. But one of the religions that he invents, he invents languages, dishes, religions, everything. One of the religions that he invents in the thing is the, the Lord of Light. And the Lord of Light is celebrated in fire and is is great symbol and his presence is denoted by fire. And one of the prayers to him is for the, the night is dark and full of terrors. And the night is dark and full of terrors. Stephen King said he made his money from the fact that even adults do occasionally wonder whether there's anything under the bed or in the cupboard. What we can't see spooks us. What we can't understand spooks us. And sometimes what we can understand spooks us. There are real darknesses in human nature. We've talked about this before. So the urge for safety that's there from our earliest time. Uh, Jordan Peterson is very good talking about all of the, the sort of the relics in us of, of the fact that in, in our early, this is millennia ago, in our early time, not history because there was no history, prehistory, we were prey for terrifying animals, for absolutely terrifying animals. And so this, this urge to safety is indeed real. I, I've taken up saying the prayer to St. Michael at the end of Mass lately. Friends of mine reintroduced me to it and I've taken up saying it. It's Leo XIII's famous prayer after he had the terrifying vision of the real terrors, the spiritual terrors that exist. And they're real and they're there. And so where is our castle? Where is our position of F off? Don't be scandalised. Don't be mad with me for if I, uh, I'm being a little coarse. I, I'm so anxious to make this point. It is such an urgent point. We never stop searching for safety in the sense that we long for happiness and a crucial part of happiness is to be safe, is not to be eaten, is not to be hurt, not to be stolen from, is not to have those we love, is to protect those we love. We yearn for all of this, that all our beautiful ambitions will be fulfilled and protected and that everything we love, all the little things can be protected. Our shire can be protected. Now what are you being offered in Christianity? What are you offered in the Christ child? Because this is the one baby who does play better. This baby beats the world. 
This baby is a very serious operator. What are you being offered? What has happened? What is done in the incarnation? Your ambitions are fulfilled. Your greatest hopes are not, they're not cheats. They're not tricks God has, has played on you. They're not cruel tricks. You do have an end, noble and beautiful and true and eternal for you and for all those you love. You are offered all eternity. You remember your man who was two and a half million up? You're all eternity up. You're infinity up. Now any clown knows what to do. Any Egypt walking the roads knows what to do. Any confidence man, trickster, scoundrel knows instantly what to do. But do you know what to do? You take it, you fool. You take it. A tiny child who can beat the world, who can take on all eternity, who can save the world. Your baby brother, Jesus Christ, your baby brother has saved you. This is what we celebrate. Puer na nobis natus est. A boy, a child is born to us. He is Christ the Lord. This is a time to celebrate. It is a time to celebrate friends and above all family and love and peace, but above all to celebrate a future. The Christmas dinner should be a Passover, but uh, a more generous table perhaps than is allowed for the Passover. We can pass on the unleavened bread for now, but a real foretaste of heaven, a sign of God's election, of God's mark over your door, a sign that God wills to save you, you have a little baby brother on your side. You have a place of greater safety. You have a castle, a fortress that can never be breached by the enemy if you choose to accept it and go into it. That fortress is God and his love for you. Let your little brother take the kick. He's a better name. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Christmas. <laughs>